0: Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand just a little more about how the other side thinks. This is an encore presentation of our conversation about profit and why it's important to both government and industry. I think there's a really interesting distinction between how government buyers and government contractors view profit versus how the commercial industry views profit for everything else in the world. Okay, let's get started with our conversation about the importance of profit. I'm going to start with the stuff that I usually say at the very end of the episode after most people have already turned it off. We want your feedback.
1: The great part about a podcast is that lots and lots of people can listen to it. The downside is that we don't know who you are. We have to ask for your feedback to learn what you like and don't like. Sometimes we think we're you know, kind of talking to the rain, and it's, the feedback makes a huge difference.
0: You can help us provide the best content for you and get better at this every week. Just schedule a podcast feedback session with Kevin. Go to AskSkyway.com, scroll down to the podcast feedback session link, and pick a time that works for you.
1: I'd love to talk to you. We just get so much better with your feedback.
0: Let's get into today's topic. Today, we're talking about profit and why profit matters. This is a touchy issue for both sides.
1: As a contracting officer, I didn't really learn the whole picture of profit.
0: I think junior contracting officers rarely do. Senior contracting officers sometimes do. The the experienced folks sometimes have a better picture,
1: but not always. To me, as a contracting officer— Profit was a four-letter word. It was like the leftovers, and after everything else after, after is done, then we talk about profit. And so as a contracting officer, I didn't know what I didn't know about profit.
0: From the industry side, industry needs to understand that the government actually has limitations on profit. Some of it's regulatory, some of it's philosophical or emotional, some of it's logical, but it's different than the way industry thinks about
1: profit. And the, likewise, the government needs to understand – why profit matters some of the reasons are practical some of them are competitive meaning that you have to actually compete to win things some of them are actually very logical we just didn't see them as a ceo and then some are just straight straight up emotional either way profit is a divisive issue before we get any deeper let's stop and say thanks i want to say thanks for an a five-star itunes review from sam dc Sam DC says the podcast provides keen insights into what government stakeholders are doing that we as industry don't necessarily always see. That's just awesome to see because that's what we're trying to do. That's actually exactly what we're trying to do. and And likewise on the other side,
0: trying to give insight into what industry stakeholders are doing that those in government don't necessarily always see. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. We really appreciate it. What is profit? At the most basic level, Profit is the money that's left over after all the work is done, after all the expenses to do this job, to do all the other jobs, to have your office space, vehicles, after you paid all the employees, whatever you have left, that's the profit. It's a part of the business. Just like those people, just like the materials, just like all of your costs, profit is a part
1: of doing business and profit can be polarizing it's a part of how companies operate but here's the thing when it's too much we notice especially when it's public funds by the way but like for example our our kid's dentist drives a maserati holy crap well he's been doing this for 40 years the guy's earned a maserati there's the context that was missing um,
0: but it doesn't look, it doesn't look good you you think maybe he's overcharging if he
1: can afford a maserati and and it was it was kind of the running joke in my family for a while there but But likewise, the contractor flies on a private jet to meet a contracting officer. It
0: doesn't look good.
1: Exactly. And then the CEO – and I actually read this in some magazine. I think it was in Forbes. The CEO of Goldman Sachs paid $26 million for a condo in New York City at the same time that the overall market was actually crashing. So the perception is, oh, he's making too much money. So that's what it looks like. The other end is when it's too little, we should notice, but we don't always. Right? So things like why did that restaurant go out of business? Or you know, why is our company so cheap on like, I don't know, not not giving us new laptops or or right. why doesn't the why doesn't that bank offer free checking anymore?
0: Or even why did that company not bid this time? If you're on the government side, why didn't they bid this time? Maybe it's maybe it's because they didn't look at it as a profitable opportunity. Also, we notice if there's too little profit when things like The company holiday party goes away. Last year, we had a big party. This year, there's no party. Well, why not? Well, you can't charge that to the government. That's right. If you didn't make any profit, there's no money to have a party.
1: Yeah, as we talked about in one episode, a cash bar is an unallowable expense, (laughs) which means it's got to come out of profit.
0: When do we think about profit in government acquisition? In the acquisition time zones, we're talking the RFP zone and the source selection zone, zone three and four. In the RFP zone, some RFPs actually go as far as to mandate profit rates. On the industry side, industry is is weighing that return on investment and and the competitive nature of pricing during that RFP zone.
1: And if we're in the source selection zone, if it's a competitive source selection, then the competition is making the the profit fair and reasonable, subject to far limitations, all that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Anybody that bids too much profit isn't going to win because their price is going to be too high.
1: And if it's a sole source... Well, now it's subject to negotiations and it gets more complicated because government and industry view profit differently. But it's still there.
0: In the execution time zones, this is where you hope that you earn profit. If you have an award fee or incentive fee type of contract, the amount of profit you earned is, can be based on your performance. If you have a fixed price contract, the amount of profit you earn comes down to how efficient you are at completing the work.
1: From a government contract perspective there are two different ways to look at profit there's the contract level and there's the company level and so what i mean by the contract level is as a contracting officer i had this contract in front of me and it's got 17 percent profit and that seems like a really big number to me in the context of of you know my one contract and i'm going to debate and argue- that
0: was a fixed price contract
1: right yeah it was <laughs> and it uh. was and it was a sole source negotiation so that's a whole it was an adventure and so that 17 percent profit in the context of my one contract almost seemed illogical to me, but that's the one contract. What I'm not seeing is what my counterpart across the table is dealing with. So I have to negotiate in context of my counterpart and my counterpart is dealing with, yes, I've got this contract in front of me, but their profit is tied to the overall company profit. And as a contracting officer, the profit on this one contract for me it doesn't affect the other contracts I manage. In fact the problem not right. even company. Right. And so think about the difference between that is that there's there's contract level profit, but then there's also company level profit. And that context was missing for me as a CEO. So my counterpart is seeing this as if I don't focus on getting contract level profit, then we don't have any company level profit. So he's dealing with both, whereas I'm only dealing with one.
0: Yeah, there's lots of different decisions that go into profitability on the company level. And You may not make as much on one contract as you make on another. You have to look at it big picture if you want to stay in business. Companies that aren't profitable at a big picture level, not the individual contract level, they have trouble with keeping the best people. They have trouble with investing in improvements and investing in the things that keep the best people around. It's not about pay. It's about the intangibles. It's about being able to innovate. It's about being able to invest in the things that make a good company a good company.
1: And to do that, company needs margin. And what I mean by margin, to give you the emotional comparison here, imagine you're driving down the highway and you're in a construction zone and they push those Jersey barriers up right against the the edge of the road. And now you're driving like they call it the cattle chute where you're driving between these concrete barriers. And it it feels different to not have margin. Well, it's the same way with our schedule. Like if you don't have time, you feel like you're always sprinting. Well, that's what margin feels like in a company. And again, I didn't see that as a CEO. That's why profit is so important to companies is that that's their margin. That's their breathing room.
0: You can really relax and do your job if you have that margin, just like you can relax on the highway in an open lane versus right in between those barriers. Yeah, that's that's a great way to think of it. If companies aren't making profit, how do they make more? They can try to cut costs to increase profitability. But again, that goes against what I was saying before. You cut costs. Maybe you have trouble keeping those best people around. They go somewhere that's not cutting the costs and, you know, cutting out training and, and other things that make it a good place for your career.
1: Like Christmas parties.
0: <laughs> Companies can also choose to go out of business or maybe not even choose to go out of business. Companies can go out of business if they're not making profit. Or they could choose to sell or merge with another company in a way that can make them more profitable. Or a company could choose to move to another industry or to another customer set that's profitable. If you're doing something where you're selling it only to the government and you can't make profit because it's the competition has driven the profitability down, maybe you could do the same thing for a non-government customer and make money. That's a, that's a choice companies have to make.
1: This may be an obscure example, but this is a targeting exercise. If agency A generates... 4% profit, meaning that you just can barely keep the lights on, you can't invest in new technology, et cetera. But agency B, their their acquisition strategy, I, they use a different contract type, they use a different vehicle that's more profitable for companies to actually win work with them. Companies are going to target. And again, I had no context of how acquisition plan drives how much work it is for the company to win the work and then keep the work and then be profitable. So they may be steering away from certain agencies just because their contract types are Pain in the butt. These targeting decisions that are tied to profit, the dots aren't always as close together as you think.
0: The way I think about the analogy that you just used is capital follows profit. You sound like JP Morgan when you say
1: that, but it's true.
0: This is all about opportunity cost. If you have the the choice between bidding on two programs, one you have a chance of making 4%, one you have a chance of making 10% profit. All other factors aside, which one would you choose? That's pretty easy, right? Well, I hope it's pretty easy. (laughs) But if you expand this out to really big picture, companies, especially public companies, are in business to create a return on their investment. That investment's the capital. They can either choose to do one thing or another thing. You can't do everything. Every company can't do it. That's why you see companies reorganize, divest whole divisions, divest business lines because they've decided that that's not profitable for them or not profitable enough for them. Profit isn't the only decision in that. There's lots of strategy decisions, but at the biggest picture, companies are in business because they can make money doing a certain thing. If they can't make enough money, and how much is enough is different for every, every type of industry, but if they can't make enough money, they might go Make more money doing something else. Sometimes companies get so big that they completely change what the company is all about. Take General Electric. At one point, they're known for their appliances. Then there's GE Financial. right? Which one makes more money? There's a point where GE might say General Electric is now a financial services firm and sell off the entire appliances business to someone else. Imagine that.
1: Yeah, so having parts of a business that aren't performing as well as other parts is almost like having a sea anchor. Because I live in Florida, so I'm gonna use a sailing analogy for you. It's like having a sea anchor dragging behind your boat. It, it's slowing you down. And once you realize that, you just gotta cut it loose. And the reason you cut it loose is because it's it's not profitable. That, that's that's the, the analogy. Is that you need to understand as as a contracting officer, I need to understand that if if a contract is perceived to be a sea anchor, that they're not gonna rebid it they're trying to cut it
0: loose. Let's talk about how much profit is fair and reasonable. This is such a fun topic. So you pulled some data from an NYU study of, of margin for a wide variety of companies. And we've actually looked at this over the course of time. But as of January 2017, the average net margin in the tobacco industry is 27%. In banking, 23%. In financial services that are, that are not banks, 22%. Alcoholic beverages, average net margin, 19%. So what does this tell you? Right now, if you want to make money, sell cigarettes, booze, or (laughs) be in financial services or banking.
1: (laughs) We'll leave the philosophical conversation. (laughs) But then as we move down the list to like restaurant and dining, like that's 9%. And then aerospace defense companies, which is kind of the stuff we talk about, is 7.15%. So. I bring up the question of if if you're doing this just to make money, you can make 9% running a restaurant versus 7% in the defense space. I'm oversimplifying the crap out of this. but
0: Right, and it changes over time. When we looked at this before, aerospace defense companies were a little bit lower, and things like software companies were in the 30% margin area. But regardless, every time we've looked at the data, the aerospace defense companies are at the lower end of the net margin. So what does that mean? If you're on the government side and you're trying to attract the top talent from industries that generally have higher returns, if you're trying to attract the top talent for unique capabilities in science or technology, if that top talent can make more money doing something else, like maybe working for Google or Amazon, that's where the top talent is going to be. If you want that top talent, you have to pay a price equivalent to what Google or Amazon is willing to pay for those people or those services.
1: And one thing to consider is as the government appears to be moving toward commercial items, commercial contract processes, etc., how much does this profit play into it? So if you're a company who sells computer peripherals and is making according to this, this, this study, and by the way, the link to the studies in the Skyway community slides, you can get them in there. One of the industries, as mentioned, is computers and peripherals. That's 14% profit. Well, if the government says, oh, you can't make 14% profit on a government contract, even though it's a commercial item, well, then they're not going to sell it to the government because <laughs> right? they have this evidence that says, well, I make 14% on the commercial side. It's a commercial product. It's exposed to commercial profit rates.
0: From the government side, how much is fair and reasonable isn't so much based on the market. Sometimes it's statutory. This is going to be our FAR reference for the day. FAR 15.404-4C4, little i, says, Wow. The CO shall not negotiate a price or fee that exceeds the following statutory limitations. So for R&D contracts, R&D under a cost plus fixed fee contract, fee is limited to 15% of the estimated cost. For other cost plus fixed fee contracts, fee shall not exceed 10% of the contract's estimated cost.
1: That's known as a profit ceiling. Oh, it's a fee ceiling, but that's really what it is.
0: So for certain contract types, the government has a cap. They're told what is fair and reasonable. How does the government calculate that and assess it? Well, in competitive acquisitions, like you mentioned before, kind of takes care of itself, at least in theory it does. Folks are competing. They're going to give you the most competitive profit rate for what they're selling.
1: Yeah, in sole source mods and engineering change proposals to contracts, you have to use weighted guidelines, which is what we talked about in episode 22, I think it was.
0: And when you use weighted guidelines, the government often lacks the context behind why contractors are bidding a certain amount of fee.
1: Yeah, I sure did. Um, I spe- Specifically, the opportunity cost of the bigger picture to the company of 5% profit on this contract means I got to make 25% profit on this other contract. Way to guidelines doesn't have a line for that, but that's something that industry is dealing with that I had no context of as a contracting officer. Right,
0: and the and the government might say, I really don't care about that big picture. I'm here yeah. to negotiate fair and reasonable on this profit. But and you got to understand that from the company side, that's the that's what they're up against. Yeah. So how does the market assess what's a fair and reasonable price? We just talked about how the government does. How does the market assess it as a seller? You're going to sell for whatever the market will bear. You'll sell for the highest price you can where people are still buying it, and there's economic theory behind how you set that price to maximize your return. As a buyer in the open market, in your own life, you really don't have any insight into the build-up of how much it's going to cost. When you buy a new, a new smartphone it's not really a phone anymore a mobile device There you go. You don't know how much it costs to make an iPhone or an Android or a Samsung phone. You buy based on a comparison of the features, the quality, the availability, the fashion, personal preference, lots of things go into it. But how much it costs the company to make it do not go into it. Let's summarize from the government perspective.
1: So as a CEO, I didn't realize or didn't understand the the, the context of how companies can choose to use profit for lots of things, including lots of unallowable costs. So as a result, the best companies, they're not going to pursue things they're going to lose money on because they have plans for what to do with that profit. They got to make it, right? So as a contracting officer, I don't want them to think they're going to lose money by bidding with my agency. We want them to target opportunities. This is one of the factors in targeting. It's not the only one, but it's one of the big ones is they need to be able to be profitable. We talked about that in episode 16.
0: It's like I was saying before, companies can choose who they want to sell to and profit is one of the factors that helps them decide. They can't perform work at a loss or even a break-even point forever. There has to be some profit involved.
1: The simplest way to think of this is if you want great companies to succeed, this is one of the ways you help them succeed. If you want bad companies to lose and stop bidding at your agency, let the good companies make a profit and let them get better and reinvest in serving you better. I didn't see that as a CEO. I didn't think of profit as a motivator to get the best companies knocking down my door.
0: And that's a great segue to why industry cares about profit. If industry can make profit, they can reinvest in serving you better, which means they can make more profit in the future. You've been talking about what the government folks may not understand about how industry thinks about profit. From the industry side, industry doesn't always understand how government contracts people think about profit either. You have to know your customers' concerns. Don't be that company. Don't reinforce that stereotype that all companies are money grubbers, that they're just out there to make money. You know What is fair profit is different than in the commercial world. As CEOs, you and I, Kevin, we learned how to calculate profit, but we didn't necessarily learn why it matters. Industry doesn't always provide that context in negotiations for why it matters. So if you're on the industry side, and you're trying to negotiate with someone who's using weighted guidelines as a tool, without context, that tool doesn't allow them to negotiate more than a certain percentage of profit. So try not to be condescending if your government CEO just doesn't get it. The majority of CEOs haven't worked on the industry side. Or if they have, they haven't worked at the level where these strategic profit decisions are made. Business school and the training that you receive on the government side – don't necessarily provide the context that you get by living these things on the industry side and vice versa. What you learn on the industry side doesn't prepare you for what
1: the government folks
0: know. All right, Kevin, let's wrap this up for the day.
1: Profit is not something that's just tacked on at the end. As a CEO, I was not aware. I don't want to say I wasn't trained because I may have been trained. It didn't sink in. I don't know. But the idea of it's part of an overall strategy that me as the, as the government person, I probably don't see. So Communication between government and industry is yet again a big issue, and I think this is one of the areas that, that as a CEO, look for context. And likewise, as industry, make sure they get context on, on why profit matters in the big picture on this particular contract and to your company as a whole.
0: I agree. Profit is a strategic element of the overall bid. Sometimes you may need to make more profit. Sometimes you may decide for strategic reasons to bid lower. But bidding too low and ending up with low or no profit can cause execution issues on any type of contract. And with that, I'll talk to you later, Kevin. See you, Paul. Okay, that's it for this episode. Go to AskSkyway.com and talk to Kevin to let us know what you think, because your feedback makes the podcast better. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.
1: Either way, pro- <laughs> what? this hard. Either way, profit is a divisive, divisive. God. All right, one more time. Which is why this podcast is so much fun. You're gonna cut that. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs>